This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's original Nooks and Crannies English Muffins. You know what my favorite thing about Thomas's English Muffins is? The whole thing? Uh, yes, but especially the crispy edge. Yes, yes. And then the, the like the still the like soft, warm center, the whole thing like absorbs butter but stays crispy in the right places. I okay, love it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm convinced. I, I need to get out of here and go to my <laughs> grocer's bread aisle and buy some Thomas's English muffins right now. Yeah, go do it. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we're talking about ravioli. We are indeedy. Uh, and this was suggested by listener Deborah. Thank you, listener Deborah. Thank I think, you. I think we did a listener Deborah episode within the last few weeks. So Are we sure it's the same listener? No, I'm not sure. But I mean, I know someone who would know. Deborah? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deborah referring to like the organism <laughs> comprising all people named Deborah worldwide. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, let's go down memory lane, shall we? Did you grow up eating ravioli? I think I grew up in an era of tortellini, which is a different filled pasta. But then it was this was the eighties. Mm-hmm. This was the eighties. I feel like tortellini was a thing in the eighties, and ravioli. I was just never that drawn to. I remember canned ravioli. Chef uh-huh. Boyardee yeah. canned ravioli. I don't remember eating it, but I remember seeing it in ads. It's weird. And it is. Yeah. I mean, because like the pasta is super soft. And, like like SpaghettiOs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then there's like this lump of meat in the middle of each Ugh. one. I, I, don't, I don't have like good memories of it, even though I love SpaghettiOs with meatballs, which is not any better. Um, I, I really think that I did not eat a lot of ravioli as a kid. I knew what it was. It just like wasn't something we, we ate a lot of. Glad, I, I glad had a, you knew what it was. I had a friend, um, her family always had these TV dinners in the freezer that was, uh, it was some Italian brand like um, Michelino's oh, or love. Michelangelo's or what okay, was it? Because there was... There was Michelangelo's was a Costco thing, I think. And okay. then Michelina's was a grocery store, like dollar budget gourmet style frozen entrees. I liked both of them. I, I'm not sure which one they had. It was in, a, I think, a blue box. I think that's Michelina's. Did it have like a paper lid that you would like tear yes. off? Yes. Yeah, and, I, and I think that like they would get like fettuccine Alfredo that way and then ravioli and whatever. So I think that um, I, I think that that was my like one of the places where I encountered ravioli uh-huh. as a kid in my friend's freezer. <laughs> Great. 
<laughs> you never know when you're going to encounter ravioli like you did here and now. Yeah. I ate a bunch, a lot of ravioli growing up, mostly frozen, mm-hmm. I think. Almost exclusively, actually, probably. It was, uh, yeah, it was like an easy thing to to feed to three hungry kids. So we had it pretty often. And so would your mom buy it like frozen, yeah. refrigerated? Frozen. So the, ref- the, the refrigerated ravioli era began, I think, after... After I was an adult, really? I think so, or maybe I mean, it was I just remember, starting. I remember refrigerated fresh pastas in the eighties, um, but maybe yeah, it was like I bet I that was so. really expensive compared to frozen ravioli. But like the like the the sort of not shelf stable, but like uh, you know that that are in like the pouches that have like a special atmosphere inside, so they can stay in the fridge at the at the supermarket for like a couple weeks. I think that's relatively new, like yeah. within the last 20 years, maybe. Yeah. Okay. And I say that, I, I don't know. Like, I realize now when I say like 20 years, it still feels like I'm saying like, that's a super long time. But like, I was living in a similar apartment in this neighborhood. And you were doing already the same married shit. by yeah. then. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. You've been an adult longer than I have, despite the fact that we're only like two years apart. Yeah. And despite the fact that three uh, years apart, nothing, nothing I do these days seems remotely adult like. No, no. <laughs> like this, this is pretty much my job. What you're hearing right now. Uh- <laughs> Matthew. Yes. Introduce us to what Wikipedia has to say about oh, ravioli. Okay, thanks for the setup. So, uh, the history of ravioli in <laughs> by Matthew a, like a couple of sentences. So, uh, ravioli were already known in 14th century England, appearing in the Anglo-Norman vellum manuscript form of Curie under the name of raoules. That's R A U I O L E S. Wait a minute, but this was in England. Um, yeah, so that means that they were uh, existed in in Italy before that. Oh, okay, okay. Wow, pasta is so old. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just so old. Um, so probably at that time, or at least early in the in the uh, ravioli era, the the term ravioli referred to just the filling. Okay. And uh, and there's still like, like ravioli nudi, which are sort of like oh, uh, it's like the filling, yeah. that's like boiled, right? Yeah, ravioli like is the one that became like the the standard American filled pasta. Okay, uh, but there in Italy there are lots of other very similar filled pastas, which probably if you're from Italy you would not consider very similar. But there's like you know agnolotti, which are small half circles, and panzotti, which are big half circles, and tortelli, which are like small ravioli, like square, mm-hmm. uh, and tortelloni, which are slightly bigger tortelli. And, and then there's one that um, that kind of looks like a small like wrapped candy. I've had it at Spinace here yes, in Seattle. I feel like that... it's got a name like caramelli or something like sure. that. Sure. There's yeah. I mean, for any type of, or shape of pasta there are going to be like 17 variations on it with different names in Italy. Like each one like has been claimed by a particular town. Well, and what's so interesting to me is, uh, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess this is frankly like a dumpling, right? I mean, it's, it's a, yeah, this for is a, sure this is a, dumpling. a dumpling. Like it, it is, it is a filling inside a, a dough that's rolled thinly and then you boil it. Mm-hmm. So, it's so interesting how dumplings made their way like around the world, really. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that's, like, interesting, and then when you think about, it, like, oh, like... That's it's also It's also, no, it's also, like, sort of obvious that, like, everybody would like this. That's true. 
This episode is brought to you by Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. You know, Matthew, I was cleaning my kitchen last week, and I used my Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Ooh, and look I mean, at you. As you know, all you have to do is wet it under the tap, squeeze it out, and clean with it. Yep. And the thing that I noticed that I never thought about before was what it didn't have, which was all those nasty fumes and stuff that oh, other cleaners have. I hate that. I was uh, I was like cleaning my bathroom with ammonia recently. And Are you serious? Was, uh, well, not like straight ammonia, but like a spray cleaner that had ammonia in it. Yeah. And and I was like, I never again. Like, I feel like I'm going to pass out in my bathroom and like be found later unconscious in the bathroom. Next time, I'm going straight to the magic erasers. They take off the soap scum. They take off everything. <laughs> wow, everything. <laughs> they oh, take the, off everything. This is exciting. You know, if you want to learn more about what Mr. Clean Magic Eraser can do for you. What it can take off. Mm-hmm, go to MrClean.com slash spilled milk to see a whole list of the ways that Mr. Clean Magic Eraser is, well, it's going to erase stuff. Yeah, it's going to knock out impossible messes. Take it from us. So I had a realization about ravioli as I was prepping for this episode. So I bought two store bought (laughs) two commercial raviolis. I got the uh, Rosetto brand frozen ravioli, which I remember having like 20. It's been around a long time. Mm -hmm. It's like a standard supermarket freezer brand. And I got Buitoni refrigerated, like, fresh pasta style. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're both pretty good. I think that, yeah, the Buitoni one, I think, is much better. I do, too, because the, the pasta is, is thinner and more slippery. But the the Rosetto, like, which is real thick and doughy, has a real nostalgic, like, this is kind of like ravioli that I ate as a kid kind mm-hmm. of feel to it. Mm-hmm. I think I've maybe made homemade ravioli once. It's one of those things that it's it's either, like, frankly difficult or, at the very least, it's something you're not – it's not going to be good on your first try. And it's not going to be good probably on your 10th try. You need to, like, you know, apprentice with, like, your grandma or at the local pasta shop or whatever. Like, like in uh, uh, the first episode of uh, season two of Master of None. I remember um – Brandon picking up something at Goodwill or Value Village or something that looked like this weird rolling pin. And it oh. turned out it was a ravioli pin. Oh. It had these weird, like... Oh, like... like it had, like, this yeah. weird, almost, like, honeycomb around it. And so you would roll it over. I don't even know how you would, like, properly line it well, up. I mean, there, there are different ways to make ravioli. I haven't even gotten to my epiphany yet, but we'll get there. You know, there's there's, like... Truly by hand ravioli like you, like you uh, make a long sheet of dough, uh, right. long, like a long, thin, uh, like narrow sheet of dough and put like spoonfuls of filling on it, fold it over, press them and then and then roll a ravioli roller in between them to cut them. Mm-hmm. Then there's like uh, like a something that looks like an ice cube tray that you put a sheet of oh, pasta yes. on, then then put the filling, and then, like, roll the rolling pin over it. Yes. Um, I don't know if that really saves a lot of time since you still have either. to I make mean, the seems, pasta and the filling. It, it's amazing to me how many of these dumpling-type things um, are around the world, given that they're a little bit time-consuming to make. Yeah. I mean, even you know, even when you go to someplace like Din Tai Fung and, and eat, like, oh, yeah. soup dumplings, right? Even these people who are, like, professionals... Like folding dumplings all day long, like this is still an incredibly tedious process. Yeah. So the thing I realized is I hardly ever eat ravioli anymore because I'm not going to make it, and I don't usually serve like a store bought convenience yeah. product for dinner. Not that, not because I have any problem with that. It's just like I in the habit of cooking a semi from scratch dinner every yeah. night. Yeah. 
And so, and I kind of miss it. Really? Yes. Do you, do you miss, like, I think this Buitoni cheese ravioli, which you've done with a, a like a sage butter mm-hmm. on it, um, is delicious. It's good. It's really mm-hmm. good. It's also kind of expensive. Yeah. I mean, I think the package I got is, is like, you know, realistically like maybe one and a half servings at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need at least two of those for the family. Yeah, and, and that's that's a lot of money. Getting above above ten bucks there, I think. Yeah. So I don't know, like, how do I get ravioli back into my life? Do I have to start making ravioli? No, I think that it's just. I think that you'll do it like every now and then. Okay. Yeah. Because I I've done the thing. I don't know if you've if uh, if you've ever run across or even tried yourself the the recommendation to make ravioli using wonton wrappers. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It did not really remind. It, it was tasty, but it didn't really remind me of ravioli. Wonton wrappers are so different. So They're like different. Slippery. Yes. Yes. Like like the frosting we were talking about last. Yeah. week. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, they're slippery, and so and they're such a different texture when they're boiled. It's like, that's not a ravioli. No, but yeah, I don't know. I want, I guess what I want is another robot. Yes. Right? I think that what we have finally figured out after eight years of doing this show is that really, we don't want to be cooking anymore. We just want a robot to do our cooking for us. I think that's the thing you say right before you get replaced by a robot. Like next week, people are going to turn in and, it, and it's going to be like, I'm Molly and I'm Matthew. <laughs> this is the show you have been enjoying all along. Nothing is different. We did not murder them. That this, sort of thing. This is like the thing that all those people who hate AI and who are afraid mm-hmm. of AI, this is what they're This is what they're talking about. They're afraid that AI is going to replace their favorite podcast host. That's exactly it. That is the, the worst possible, from my perspective, that is yes. the worst possible outcome. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, yeah, I feel like this is one of those things that I, I think I probably never eat it for the same reason you never eat it, because it's just not that great unless you make it. Mm-hmm. Even if you make it, if you've never made it before, like I've never made it before, it would probably not be very great. Having said that, as I mentioned, there used to be a branch of the uh, pasta and company chain in the neighborhood, uh, which uh, closed like probably 10 years ago or more. Um, and they had good, like, you know, house-made ravioli that I would buy. It was expensive, and it was very tasty. And there are still locations of that around. And some, sometimes you see ravioli, like, at a farmer's market stand, which could be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember there was this place, again, talking about tortellini. There was this place um, in, in a strip mall in Oklahoma City. It was, like, at May it Avenue. It was called Hunan. May Avenue and Britain or something, mm. uh, near where Albertsons was. And, or maybe is. But anyway, there was this, it was like a little hole-in-the-wall Italian restaurant where you could either eat in or take the food out. But either way, if, even if you ate in, they would give it to you in like a styrofoam clamshell. Oh, nice. Anyway, and I remember they made this incredible meat tortellini. And, and there was almost like nothing in my childhood that was more delicious than that meat tortellini. Was it served like in broth or? No, what? no. It was like in a sauce. Oh, nice. And it was so delicious. Anyway, but I I feel like that place would have had great ravioli and and now I'll never know. Oh, I mean, is it possible it's still there? No, no. it's not still there. Okay. No. Anyway, but... Um, <sighs> oh, speaking of things that are and are not still there, like, <laughs> can we follow up on a couple of things we were, we've said recently on the show? Oh, like, the, like Australian meat okay, pies. Okay, so the, the pies and pints, uh, the Australian meat pies place is closed. Oh, darn. 
So that's that's the bad news. The good news is Beth's Cafe, Beth's Diner, yeah, Beth's Cafe. Yeah, it's still, still there, Which right? we said we weren't sure if it was still open that makes giant omelets. Yes. It's still there. On Aurora. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. Great. Good news. Uh-huh. Good news. Okay. So, Matthew, like, yeah. what do you like in your ravioli? Okay. I'm not super picky. I like a cheese ravioli. Uh, like the one we got here with like uh, it's got to have um, like a like a ricotta and, and some kind of uh, cheese with some bite to it. Mm-hmm. And I love a like spinach mozzarella ravioli. There is this bag of ravioli that they, that they sell at Costco mm-hmm. that is it's a big. Well, I don't have to say it's a big bag of ravioli if it's at Costco, right? It they're triangular and they come with this packet of like parsley oh. and parmesan, uh-huh. and they're they're these big plump triangular raviolis with like uh, real like stringy mozzarella and <gasps> spinach inside. Those I do serve to the family. I don't get to. Costco very often, but those are good. Oh my gosh! So um, we just got a Costco membership, and I'm really excited to that. Like, that's to the best do, item. Do the good old American thing and go mm-hmm. to Costco. It seems like there's never a good time to go to Costco. Yeah, you know, if you um, go on the weekend, it's like a, a disaster with like families and stuff. Like, yeah, so many, so many uh, like children wanting everything. But also, isn't Saturday like the biggest free sample day? Oh God, I don't know. I don't. I, that's that's like the impression I got, but I don't know if it's true. When Maybe do, every when do you day. go to Costco? Uh, almost never. Like, oh, your I don't, mom I don't goes. have a, me- a membership, but my parents do. Yeah, they'll they'll take Iris. Uh, my mom will take Iris more often than I. I don't remember the last time I was at Costco. Probably four years. And ago. so, do you? So does Iris know now to go get the ravioli? Uh, yeah, sure, absolutely. Oh, wow, it might even be Michelangelo's. Who knows? You've got her so well trained. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's she's like a, a ravi like a Roomba only that seeks out <laughs> ravioli. Yeah, and then she sucks it up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that that stuff is great. Do you think there's ever a place for canned ravioli, or do you think it's just like by nature, like if sitting in that sauce, it's just going to turn into weird spaghettio? Well, I mean, I think the place for it is you're nine years old. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Like I, Chef you know, I, Like I said, I can't even enjoy it in like a nostal- nostalgic junk food kind of way. It's just um, mush. Yeah, but like. I can I can see why why a kid would love it. What about um what about do you remember I remember when I first moved to Seattle and um I remember going to a restaurant that was then on like Second Avenue uh, restaurant Zoe the chef was Scott yeah, Staples yeah. it reopened in Capitol Hill is it still there No it, it's uh, no longer a restaurant it's now it's still there but now it's just uh, like an event space Oh okay anyway they um they used to have a raviolo on the menu oh, like which a, was like, like a one big, big ravioli. Because ravioli would be plural, right? Yeah. So it was one big raviolo, and it was like seriously like a like a pillow for your mouth, uh-huh. and, and like a pillow you could eat. And I think that in keeping with the times, because this was like 2002, 2003, it had a butternut squash situation yes. going on, and ricotta. I think it had a sage butter. Yes. It was fantastic. And I now think in retrospect, I wonder if I would like it as much because it seems like so much filling to Yeah, that's interesting. to dough. Um but I think if I if I had a restaurant, you would be allowed to order any entree served in a raviolo. Oh, God, can you imagine? <laughs> like, whatever it is like Chicken fried steak. Exactly. Yeah. That is a raviolo to end all raviolos. Mm-hmm. That's actually the name of the to restaurant. End all ravioli. Ravi- raviolos with an apostrophe S. <laughs> <laughs> um, meat fillings I love, uh, especially um, if it's if it's like uh, like a meatball basically meatball mix yeah. basically that's been put into a ravioli, so it's got very like soft yielding texture. Yes, plenty of fillers. <sighs> oh, God. 
Um, yes. Wild mushroom this? ravioli is po- popular. I like that. Wait if a, it's if it's done well. Wait a minute. Here, you wrote toasted ravioli. Oh yes. What is that? So this is something I've only had once or twice. It's uh, it's apparently a a specialty dish of St. Louis, mm-hmm. where I've never been, but I've had this at like maybe maybe at the Puyallup Fair, I bet, mm-hmm. uh, or at like a food truck. Somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a it's a fried ravioli. So it's okay. it's a cheese ravioli that's that's like fried and crispy. Mm-hmm. And obviously, what could be wrong with that? Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah. So if you if you live in St. Louis, you already know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't, and you ever run across this or go to St. Louis, give it a try. Mm-hmm. It's sort of I you could call it the American samosa. <laughs> You'd probably be inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, um, oh, so so I looked up toasted oh, ravioli. Oh, oh my God, please read <clears> According this. to Wikipedia. Toasted ravioli may have originated in Sicily, where fried ravioli containing a sweet filling is a traditional Christmas time dish, quote, commonly referred to as meat pillows. <laughs> oh, that's so perfect. Yes, we've gone from mouth, so mouth pillows to meat pillows. There's so many things that I would refer to as meat pillows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see. I see where you're going with that. Yeah, I'll just leave that right there yeah. and step backwards. This episode was brought to you by Mr. Clean Magic Erasers. I use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser all the time. And I it, do too. It is close to pure magic. Yes, there is nothing more magical in my house than a Mr. Clean Magic Eraser because it takes off any stain. You just wet it, squeeze it, and it's ready to erase. To see what cleaning wonders it can do for your home, go to mrclean.com/spilledmilk. I think that might do I think that's it. Been like, our ravioli I, yeah, episode. I genuinely want to figure out how to eat more ravioli. You do? Is this something that you really think about a lot? I mean, I, I starting right like now. Yes, yesterday when I was researching this episode. Yes. Oh, I want to find a way to get an Italian grandmother and have her make me ravioli. Interesting. Those are the ravioli I mean, that I'm excited to. Well, I mean, if if I know anything around. about Italian grandmothers or like all grandmothers from from any old country, all they want is to is to like hear from their grandchildren more often, and they're probably not picky about whether it's actually their grandchild, <laughs> right? Like if some probably not. if probably some not. youngish person calls up and is like, you know, no, not like I've been thinking about you. Like, can you make me the the ravioli that that I grew up on? And she's not going to ask a lot of questions. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. You're totally right. Okay. Yeah, okay. let's do this. Let's Between now and next and next episode, we are going to con some nonas. <laughs> con nonna. Okay. Yes. We're going to have ravioli con nonna. Okay. Uh, I'm can... Amali. <laughs> we first have to make announcements. Oh, sorry. Uh, you can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com uh, where we're not going to post a ravioli ep- uh, episode. <laughs> we are going to post a ravioli episode. <laughs> uh, a ravioli recipe because uh, we don't make ravioli. We are going to... No, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast. Boy, the ravioli nap is hitting right now. Yeah. <laughs> Where, uh, I don't know, like, tell us, uh, give us the contact information for your Nona. <laughs> yes, please. Preferably and, one who is in Seattle, mm-hmm. so we don't have to travel too far to call Nona. But, I mean, we'd go as far as, like, I don't know, Auburn. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd go, like, Puyallup. Yep. The, yeah, uh, if you go to Puyallup, then you're going to get Nona's fried ravioli because she works at the stand <laughs> at, the at the state, state fair. fair. Uh huh. 
And you can find us on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast mm-hmm. uh, on all your favorite podcasting platforms where we'd love it if you would leave us a review. Mm-hmm. Especially if you are a Nona and you want to leave us a review, like, you know, I'm so proud of my grandchildren who started this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that would be delightful. <laughs> And um, thank you, as always, for listening to Spilled Milk. We're just a couple of neighborhood meat pillows <laughs> doing, our, doing our thing. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster-Burton. Um, oh, no. Uh. Uh. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.